Yeah, our, our goal is not to do church less. That's about being more intense. It would be temple courts. This would be us gathering together court giving. Whatever results you're getting in your life, your system is perfectly designed to get you that as well as we can. And it's about becoming a biblically functioning community for the sake of the world. And so we're, uh, we're actually structuring our church so that we can have that biblically functioning community and we can be bright light in dark places. So Christianity, apart from the local church, apart from being a part of the... Of a, and some people are like, well, can we go to other churches on those weekends? You can do whatever you want. This is a free country, okay? It's, but we can't define church as a two-hour service on Sunday morning. The church is the plural of Christ's follower. You are the church. And we're trying to move us from the zoo to the jungle. Remember Madagascar? Come on. Youth camp is the immersion weekend that we're doing is canceled. And so because we were doing it at uh, the Pickerington campus, this is a youth camp with uh, level three COVID lockdown or whatever the thing's called. So uh, the choice is a youth camp with um, face masks and bubble wrap around yourselves. Or, you know, it's just going to be difficult for them to play games and have community and minister to one another and all that stuff while being six feet apart trying to hear each other through a mask, okay? And so uh, it was a difficult choice, but we're going to, uh, rather than do that, we're going, to, uh, we're going to not have the camp. You guys good? Yeah. All right, yeah. yeah all, all the people who won't go to youth camp, they're good with it because they weren't going anyway. All right, here we go. All right, I, uh, boy, this is the message I came up with. It was like... I had so many things in my heart. I was like, Lord, it just helped me. And uh, so here we go. Anyone want to guess what is the number one marital conflict problem when it comes out with a couple? Anyone want to guess what that problem is? No, it's actually communication. (laughs) I can see where your problems are. No, I'm just kidding. No, yeah, money's in there, physical intimacy. It's all in there. It's all in there. But communication is usually the root of this thing. Any relationship is only as strong as its communication. Any relationship. Um, In a marriage, wives, don't you just love it when your husbands are, like, watching TV while you're pouring your heart out to them? Don't don't you just love that? Or, like, when someone's, you're you're sharing your deepest feelings or something important and they're on their phone. Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. like, nobody enjoys that. How many marriages have almost been ruined by the uh, difference between this exit and next exit? Is it this Saturday or next Saturday? Like, those are two completely different things. They're not the same thing, okay? Communication, it's big. Healthy communication is a two-way street, in case you didn't know. This may help some of your relationships if you're just used to monologuing to your friends. Um, um, A dialogue is what is preferred among human beings, okay? And so it's the same when it comes to your relationship with God. A lot of people are used to a monologue relationship with God. They're just, it's just vertical. They're just praying to God. They're just talking. They're begging. They're pleading. They're asking. They're doing all these things. But actually, God wants to have a real relationship with you where there is a dialogue. <clears throat> all of us pray, okay? I mean, even atheists pray when, they, when, the, when the trouble gets bad enough. Like, you know the old saying, there's no atheists in foxholes, right? So that everyone has it. You don't get brownie points for praying, God's not like up there, like keeping a log, like, okay, how long did they go? Mm, seven minutes. I was hoping for at least 12. You know, there's none of that going on. But um, God, He's speaking to us constantly. That's really what the Bible says. He says that His thoughts towards you outnumber the sands of the seashore. I want you to think about how many thoughts He's having towards you, how much He's communicating. He's speaking constantly. It's like, uh, it's like radio stations. They're broadcasting 24 7. I don't know if you know, there's, there's actually radio waves. There's one right there. You see, it just went by. No, you can't see them. Radio waves are constantly in our environment, but um, it's up to us to turn on our receiver and to tune into that frequency to be able to hear what's already there. 
Okay, that's how God is. God is constantly speaking, but it doesn't mean that we're tuned in. We get busy, we hear other voices and all these type of things. There is, um, listen, we all know people who said, God told me, and God wasn't anywhere in the room at that time. All right, we all know, and listen, listen, I've been in charismatic churches for, it'll be 49 years this month. That's right, that's right, I start my year of Jubilee this year. And so, uh, that's 49 years in case you don't remember your Old Testament. So listen, we are, like, I have got so many stories of just wacky people who heard from God. Listen, no one wants to be flaky. Okay, no one wants to be that person, right? And so we actually have a little list. No, we don't have a list of anybody. No one wants to be that person here. And, uh, but here's the thing. There's nobody that you respect in the Lord who doesn't hear from God. It's kind of what separates like the super Christians from like the low-level Christians. I don't know how to say it. There's, there's not a good language for this here. But for the ones who you want to emulate and the ones who need to emulate, the, probably the big difference is those who are able to hear from God without being like crazy. Now listen, let me just give you this thing. Um, you're not going to hear 100% perfectly. There's a learning process to it. It's just like a child learning to communicate. They didn't like come out just talking in complete sentences, although Wesley almost did. Okay, <laughs> so, it was the freakiest thing. Yeah. He talks like he talks now. That's how he was talking in like 18 months. But anyway, that was, that was different, and that has nothing to do with anything here. <laughs> this morning, I want to look at how to recognize the voice of God when he speaks to us. There's not a person in here, your life wouldn't be radically transformed by one word from the Lord. If you're in a difficult financial situation and God dropped wisdom on you, it could completely change your life. If you're here and you're in need of physical healing, uh, if you have a difficult situation that you're facing, one word from the Lord literally changes everything. So we need to become those people because he's not stingy with the words. Jesus is the word of God, which means he's going to have a lot to say. Okay? The Lord is constantly speaking to us and giving us direction. So it's never that the Lord isn't speaking. It's that we're not listening or receiving correctly. Some of you don't believe me. That's okay. John 10, 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. It says his sheep uh, listen to his voice. It doesn't say they're... Listen implies focused attention. It implies that I'm turning aside and I'm actually paying attention. Another time Jesus said this in John 8, 47. He who belongs to God, here's what he says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. So don't get all freaked out and think, oh, maybe I'm not hearing, I don't belong to God. That's not the message, but if you need to know Jesus, we'll give you an opportunity for that. What I think you should be encouraged by this verse is he's speaking. It doesn't mean we're always recognizing it. A lot of times I think we just like, oh, that was just me. Well, I want you to look at who just you is. If you're a born-again Christian, just you has been united to the Holy Spirit. Your spirit and his spirit have become one spirit. So that, you know what? A lot of times your thoughts, they're guided by his thoughts. So if you're waiting for like some chic, shaky King James, James Earl Jones voice, you know, you know, all of this weird voice coming to you. Yes, Father. Like, that's not how it comes. His voice is going to sound a lot like your thoughts because your spirit and his spirit are one spirit. I'm going to give you some examples. Every person in here has heard the voice of God at one time or another. I'll give you some examples, all right? This morning, I want to talk to you about one of the many ways God speaks to us. Maybe we'll do a little series on this and some of the other ways. But I want to look at what I believe is probably the most primary way that he speaks. And I'm going to give you a bunch of different names for it, but it's kind of getting at the same picture. Inner promptings. Maybe you've heard it called impressions or just promptings or leadings or inner witness. Or the still small voice. Let's just say this again. No, you don't remember those. Um, revealed this idea to me. God spoke to my heart. 
I just know it in my knower. I don't know if any old-time Pentecostals, you remember that phrase? You know, it's like, how do you know you're born again? I just know that I know that I know. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about there's an inner witness. It didn't come through your five senses, see, taste, hear, smell, or feel. God can speak to you through that. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm just trying to narrow it down so we recognize this one way here. Um, hearing God through impressions, it's a very biblical way that he communicates to different people. Listen to Nehemiah 7.5. Nehemiah, he's telling how God led him by an impression. I love his language here. So God, put it into my heart to assemble the nobles, the officials, and the common people for registration by families. How did it happen? He didn't get like a letter. He didn't see it written in the sky. God put it into his heart. What's he talking about? He's talking about an impression. He's talking about an inner witness. I'm laying the biblical foundation that I'm going to help you recognize in a second. Are we okay? All right. All right. We're good. All right. Thank you, Rachel. I appreciate that. Um, sometimes an impression can lead to a miracle. So I, I want you to see this. This isn't just like sometimes, you know, God's just chatty, and although sometimes he can, he can be very chatty. But um, there's oftentimes where God's actually saying it because the word, if you were to obey it, is actually going to lead to somebody else's miracle. So you remember um, in Acts 14, 9, Paul, he's preaching in the city of Lystra, and there was a man in the audience who had been been lame since birth. He'd never walked. He's looking at the man, and here's what it said. It said, Paul saw that he had faith to be healed. How do you see faith? You can't see faith, but he had a perception. He had an inner knowing that something was there, and when he called it out, the man got up. You can't literally see faith. So I remember one time, uh, this was kind of a crazy illustration. I won't tell the whole thing. But um, Mary and I were at a restaurant. We were with a bunch of Christians, I don't know, maybe like 14, 15 of them. And I shared a testimony. I said, hey, I've kind of had a kind of crazy week. I've seen like three shoulders healed for some reason. And uh, one of them was a car accident. And he just kind of told the stories. I said, is there anyone in here who's got a shoulder problem? It seems like God's doing it. I mean, why not do it again, right? That's what a testimony is. It prophesies God saying, listen, this is what I'm like. I want to do it again. How many of you guys realize that testimony is a legal precedent? When you're a testimony, it's not like, oh, man, wish God would do that for me. It's like, oh, man, God wants to do that for me. He's showing me what he's like. So I shared the testimony, and it seemed like, um, I don't know, at least half the people had some kind of shoulder injury. And so I won't tell the whole thing, but I'm praying, and I get to this one lady, and um, just in my mind's eye, see, I don't know if you guys, I'm not talking about with my, I didn't have like an open vision with my physical eyes, but um, you know how you can see, like, like right now you can imagine a beach with your eyes open, right? Some of you already were. I didn't even have to prompt you. Like, ah, waves. And so, uh, sorry, Cheryl. We lost Cheryl. She's gone now. But I want you to see you're able to picture things in your mind's eye with your eyes open, right? So this was happening. So uh, I'm I'm getting ready to pray for this lady. In my mind's eye, I see myself drawing three stripes on her shoulder. I thought, oh, this is weird. And so um, I said, hey, can I try something? And uh, she's like, yeah, fine. And so I reached behind her shoulder, and I drew three stripes. And I said, um, I said, check out your shoulder. And she's like, is that it? And I'm like, I don't know. So she raises up her shoulder, and she begins crying. And I said, well, what happened? And she said, um, 25 years ago, she said, I was thrown off of a horse, and my shoulder was shattered so bad they had to remove three muscles from my shoulder. She says, I physically don't have the muscles to be able to raise my hand. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm glad I did not know that before I prayed for her. <laughs> that would have killed any faith that I had. But see, sometimes God wants to bypass our human mind. He just gives us these nudges that, guys, they're so easy to ignore. I guarantee believers in here, you are getting nudges and impressions and inner witnesses on a regular basis, and you think, oh, that's just me. And I want to encourage you to begin to lean into this process of learning his voice where you're going to recognize when it is him. 
I remember, uh, so we, we have Bobby Connor come speak here. He's a prophet. He's just one of the best guys in the world and one of the best storytellers in the world. And uh, he just has the craziest stories of hearing God's voice and doing the wackiest things and having the greatest fruit. And I remember Mary and I were driving to the airport. I'm like, so Bobby, what's it like for you? How do you hear God's voice? And I'll never forget his answer. He says, faintly, just like everybody else. I think a lot of times we're thinking, oh, if it's God's voice, we would just know. And what I'm telling you, there's a process of learning to know because often it comes in the still, small voice. Jesus, he uh, told a man his, that his sins were forgiven in Mark 2, verse 6 and 7. Some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Listen, these people hadn't said a word out loud, but in their hearts, they're just angry at Jesus for doing this act. Here's what it says in Mark 2, 8. Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts. Guys, I want you to get this. The same way that Jesus heard from God is the same way that you get to hear from God. He didn't get any special access. He didn't get like any like bat phone to God. You know, he didn't get some cheat thing going. He hears it the the same way you did. God put it into his spirit. He he knew in his spirit. I like that. Often divine impressions, whatever we're going to call these things, they come as like an immediate knowing in our spirit. See, logic says one, two, three, four, five. Um, Revelation just goes six. And you're like, hey, the answer is six. And they're like, how did you get there? You're like, I don't know. I just know. Okay. This was probably the greatest cause of fights for Mary and I, probably our first five years of marriage. I'm like, listen, there's no way you can know that because of this, 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 and this. And she's like, it's this. And I'm like, Phew. and then it, it would be her thing. And it would be painful. Oh, man, I don't, this was a terrible one. So, um, my brother-in-law and I, we were going to buy into this um, credit repair franchise because we were doing a lot of lease options on houses. So obviously we want their credit to be good so they can buy our house at the, at the end of the lease option. And so, man, everything looked great on paper. This was a beautiful investment. It was uh, $75,000 to buy into this business. We we're going to make back our money in like five or six months. They had all the papers. It was great. It was perfect for our business model. And Mary's like, don't do it. I'm like, foolish woman. <laughs> You don't understand how P&L sheets work. You don't understand, like, we've got the numbers here. Like, you know, I just despised her learning, you know, her. And, and, that. and so she's like, listen, I can just say this is bad. And I'm like, you know, like we're doing it. And so, um, listen, it wasn't like last year, okay? <laughs> this was before Zion. And so, um, so uh, we, my brother-in-law and I, we flew down to Miami. <clears throat> we pay the guy. And when we find out why he was able to do things... <clears throat> that other people weren't, is because they were um, forging documents to improve people's credit history. And so um, I believe that's a short-term business model, you know, uh, unless you look good in orange, you know. And so what happened? Man, I had all the evidence. I mean, it was, it, it was, a, it was a great business. And, um, but she said six. <laughs> and so I should have gone with that. Some of you might be thinking, well, Jim, you're a pastor. Like, these things just happen to pastors. Listen, guys, pastors don't have any special access that anybody else has. All of you have had promptings in leading. In fact, because you are here this morning, many of you had a prompting or a leading that got you here. Some of you woke up, you're like, I don't know if I want to do the church deal. Looks like it's going to be beautiful out. Maybe we can get another round of golf in. You know, fall's coming here. You know, I don't know if I want to do this thing. But there was another voice that said, you know what? Maybe it was the voice of your spouse. I don't know. <laughs> But perhaps it was the voice of God that was saying, you know, you had these other options. There was part of you that wanted to stay home. There was part of you that said, you know what, 
I'm going to come. I understand some of you were forced to come here. You're dragged by a fanatic. Listen, we bless you. We're glad you're here. But I want you to know there was times in your life where you probably wanted to do one thing. You're like, you know what? I think I'm going to do this. I want you to recognize that was a prompting from the Holy Spirit. Let's say, I think we're waiting for it to have a lot more sizzle factor. But there's a lot of times when it's just it's God speaking. And it's so faint and so subtle and sounds so much like our thoughts that we miss it. I remember I was talking with a guy one time, and uh, he didn't really grow. He grew up in a really rough, uh, rough, just rough deal, and uh, gangs and stuff like that. And uh, he said, "You know what, Jim? Jim, God never speaks to me." I said, "Listen, bro." I said, uh, "Like John six forty four, God draws people to Jesus. That's the only way you'll ever come." And he says, "You know what?" He says, you know, he's like, I've never been really a church person most of my life. He said that, uh, he said that verse kind of explains it. He says, every, every week I'm going about my business, not thinking about not God, not thinking about church. But he said, Sunday morning comes along, and all of a sudden I think, you know what? Maybe I should go to church. And he said, do you think that could be one of those promptings that you're talking about? I'm like, bro, that's exactly what that is. I said, if you keep following those promptings, you're going to find yourself in the family of God. And if you keep following those promptings, you're going to find yourself on the greatest adventure your life could ever have. What's going on there, guys? It's those promptings that we've all had. How many of you have been uh, water baptized since you've been born again? Okay, there was a time when you got saved, and it was like, you know what? Um, part of you is like, oh, no, I don't want to get water baptized. I don't want to get wet in front of everybody, and I don't want to have to say something, and I don't want to do this and that. But there was another party that said, you know what? I want to stand and testify that I was buried with Christ and raised to newness of life. I want to testify that what he did on my behalf is I belong to him. How did you overcome that? You obeyed that prompting. There's a time when uh, every person in here was born again. There was a prompting that said, you know what? It's time. Some of you were raised in church and you just kind of, but there was a time where you had to say, you know what? I'm all in for Jesus. No more games. I'm not saved because my parents took me to church. I'm not saved because something was spoken over me as a child. I made a decision to follow Jesus. What happened there? There was a prompting. There was something where you said, listen, I'm, I'm going all in. I remember for me, I was, uh, I was a little guy, I don't know, like 8, 9, 10, and um, <clears throat> we are at Cleddy Keith's church, that's where he's still my pastor in Kentucky, and it was a Sunday night service, and you know, I, you know, I was raised in church, read the children's Bible, all that stuff, you know, the felt board, uh, the flannel, flannel graph and the church and all that stuff, kids ministry, for those of you who remember that stuff, and uh, boy, there was just something that night that gripped my heart. I remember telling my parents, hey, I want to be a follower of Jesus, and of course, they're super excited, and so... You know, there's only one way to do it when you're a kid. you got to kneel by the bed, right? And so we're, kneel- we're kneeling by the bed. We pray the prayer. And I remember uh, God just began to reveal himself to me. And I don't, I don't want to make it more than it was. It wasn't like Jesus came in the room and I saw him. And I, I swear it felt like I stayed up all night enjoying the Lord, but it was probably 10 minutes, you know, you're just a kid. I remember sitting up in bed and just like, I just knew he was real. I don't know how else to describe it. It wasn't like angels. It wasn't like waves of things hitting me, but I just knew he was real. And without any evangelism training, without anybody telling me anything, I remember going to school the next day and telling kids about this experience, telling them that Jesus was real. Nobody trained me. Nobody had to tell me. I remember just being coming home shocked that day, like, Mom and Dad, like, these kids don't know. They don't know. I remember there was one kid, and I'm going to name his. His name was Shad Carnes. And so uh, he was a Jehovah's Witness. And so like, we're talking about God, and I'm so excited. This is another guy. Who, but, but the Jesus he was talking about, I'm like, that doesn't sound like the one I know. I remember that was like my first like, experience with, like, you know, I'll just say it, their cult. And so, um, and so I just remember I just was in total shock. I'm like, no, 
no, that's not right. And he like, like, you know, they're like trained in debate. Like he had all these scriptures. I'm like, that's not right. How did I know? I had an inner witness. I had something that, uh, that was real to me. Listen, these leadings happen all the time. You're at work and some ethical thing comes up and says, you know what? You could take a longer break. Nobody would ever know. But there's another party that says, you know what? Um, I'm going to do this thing right, even when nobody's looking. You have a broken relationship with a friend, and your pride's like, I am not crawling on my hands and knees and saying sorry to this person. They're the ones who wronged me. They need to come crawling, right? There's that part of you. That's called the flesh. It's the part of you that's not under divine influence at that moment. But then there's that other part that says, you know what? I'm just going to go and say I'm sorry, and let's get on the building backside of the relationship rather than the offended, justified part of the relationship. What's that? What's going on there? That's having you want to humble yourself and do that. That's a prompting. That's a leading of the Holy Spirit. My point is these promptings happen all the time. And I would bet every person in this room has had some time where the Holy Spirit has prompted your heart, influenced you to do something in his kingdom in the way that he would do it, in the way that your flesh would do it. Let's answer a couple quick questions and we'll close out today. Um, What will it sound like when God speaks to me? So how am I going to recognize his voice if it's not going to come like through my physical senses? Uh, We've done this experiment lots of times. Let's just go ahead and do it again. Close your eyes. And when I count to three, I want you to say your first, middle, and last name in your mind, not out loud. One, two, three. Okay, open your eyes. What's happening there? Um, That's what God's voice is often going to sound like to you. Like, Jim, that sounded like my thoughts. That's what I've been talking about this whole time. Your spirit and his spirit are one spirit. What is, um, what is communication? So for me to communicate to you, I either have to um, write something and show you text, show you images, play um, so- sounds or speak to you so it hits your, uh, your eardrums and vibrates and all that. So God is not limited. Like, I could say the word chocolate. Guess what? I just guided your thoughts with your cooperation. Some of you were already thinking about chocolate, and that's kind of weird. <laughs> Some of you can't stop thinking about chocolate, and I'm sorry about that. But I want you to notice, what is, what is communication? Is I'm guiding your thoughts with your cooperation. See, God is not limited to just your five senses. He can come in, and he can guide your thoughts directly, spirit to spirit, because he's spirit. So you don't have to necessarily encounter that. You can just have a thought. And oftentimes, it comes out of the blue. Have you guys ever noticed that? It's like you're not trying to think of, and all of a sudden, it's like I call it the, the Phineas and Ferb moment. I know what I'm going to do today. It's a, it's a great illustration for those of you who don't know. It. It's out of the blue. It's like I wasn't trying to think of this. I was just driving down the road. I was just doing the dishes, and all of a sudden, this thought comes out of the blue. What is that? That's the Holy Spirit guiding your thoughts with your cooperation, and if you would recognize it was him, you'd probably get more. What this means is it really is possible for you to have a thought that God himself speaks to you. And the, the Bible is, store, is filled with stories of people who did this. Um, number two, if God were speaking to me, wouldn't I just know it? I mean, surely, Jim, if God, the God of heaven is speaking to me, I would totally know it, right? Um, it may not be the case. There's a great story in 1 Samuel 3. And uh, Samuel was an elder uh, prophet. He's training, or he was a priest, and he was training up a younger priest, Eli, for ministry. Here's the story. Uh, 1 Samuel 3, verses 4 through 10. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli. So God's speaking to this young boy, Samuel. And Samuel doesn't know that it's God speaking. He thinks that it's his mentor, Samuel. 
And Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me? But Eli said, I didn't call you, go back and lie down. So he went and, lie, went and lay down. Again, the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli. I'm sorry, Samuel was the boy, Eli's the older prophet. Sorry about that. Again, the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up to Eli and said, here I am, you called me? My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The work of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. This is so good. The Lord called Samuel a third time, and then Eli realized the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Boy, there's a lot of wisdom in that. We could just close in prayer on that one here. What's happening? The Lord's speaking to Samuel, but the Samuel doesn't know it because he has not yet learned how God speaks. He doesn't know the Lord. He doesn't know how, how those things go. So I want you to get this. The Bible teaches that two things are true. Uh, number one, normal, psychologically healthy people do hear from God. Uh, the theologian uh, Lily Tomlin, if you remember her, she said, um, why is it that when we talk to God, it's called prayer, but when he talks to us, it's called schizophrenia? Normal, psychologically healthy people hear from God, according to the Bible. And number two, it takes time and training to learn how to hear God's voice. It doesn't take like years of training. But some people, they seem to hear the, uh, the Holy Spirit clearly. For others, it doesn't work that way. For me, I've had to really uh, work at this because uh, for some reason, the logical side is a lot easier for me. Reading the Bible, getting things through my mind. And uh, how many of you guys realize you can't figure out God with your mind? <laughs> You can't even figure out scripture with your mind. The whole thing is, is coming to him like a child and saying, God, I need you. Like if you're, if you're reading the Bible, you're coming to him like a child and saying, God, I can't figure this book out. I need you to teach me. And if you are learning something from the Bible, you're holding it up to the light of his presence so he can speak out of that. Revelation is not something that can be hunted down and trapped like an animal. <clears throat> so take a lesson from Samuel. We can invite God to teach us with a prayer. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I like how we told him to lie down, be still. Boy, final question for today. How do I know if these leadings are from God? People often wonder, I don't know if it's God speaking or if it's just my imagination or if I ate something spicy that night and it's causing craziness, you know. I want you to travel back in time with me to the day before caller ID. Now, some of you were not born yet, okay? So I want you to go with me in an exercise in your imagination. There was actually a time when phones had cords, they had these rotary dial things. It was like a game every time. I remember how horrible it was, like number eight. You're like, oh, I did the whole thing wrong. So the only way that you could know who was on the other end of the phone was by their voice or by, right? There wasn't you could go, oh, it's, it's mom. You know, I'll take it. Or, oh, it's my boss. I'm like, no, no, no. There was, there was no way of knowing. You had actually had to pick up the phone. And there was something interesting. If you knew the person well, you could tell who it was just from their voice. Like, like, you could recognize it. You'd say, hello, and they'd be like, hey, oh. Like, you literally knew who it was. Like, my wife and I, we've been communicating for I'll be 26 years this year. And so, um, you know, I can, uh, even without caller ID, I would be able to pick up the phone, and, uh, and I could say, hey, babe. I guess I wouldn't be able to do that if I didn't have the caller ID. <laughs> I'd say, hello, this is the Reverend Baker. How may I serve you? No, I wouldn't say that. Sometimes I do that to friends for like a joke. Like I'll say the call already, be like, oh, this will be good. Anyway, I'd be like, hello. And she'd be like, hey. You know what? Just from that hey, I could tell whether she's got good information, whether she's got bad information, 
whether she's having a good day, right? When you know somebody, why? Because you have an experience with them, and you just know just from their voice what's going on, okay? Guys, that's the same way it is with God. You learn his voice. You learn the way that he's saying things, okay? I'm going to give you a, a little bit more practical things here. But how do I know these leadings are from God? I mean, the ultimate answer is you get to know him. His voice is going to sound like him. That was a really big one, okay? So uh, God's voice has distinguishing characteristics, okay? So God's voice is going to sound like him. God's voice will never be frantic or anxious. So if you're hearing a voice that's putting a whole bunch of pressure on you and you're spazzing, there's never a verse in the Bible that says, and Jesus was worried. And Jesus was up all night with the stomach acid in his, you know, there's none of that stuff going on. Like Jesus, he, he had peace on the inside, was able to actually impart that peace to uh, storms and other things, right? And so I want you to get this. God's voice is going to sound like him. Um, so that anxious thought, it's not from God. You need to, you need to settle down and find that, find that place of stillness so you can hear what really is from God. Um, God is also good, so he will say good things. He's not going to say perverted things to you. Um, he is peace, so his voice will bring peace. He's love, so his voice will be loving towards you and not slapping you around and treating you terrible, right? Um, the Bible talks about an experience. There was these two disciples. They're walking. Uh, this is after the uh, crucifixion of Jesus and the resurrection, but they didn't know about the resurrection. And they're walking back to the city of Emmaus, and Jesus is walking with them, and they don't know it's Jesus. It's just crazy, crazy story. So they're talking to him, and, uh, and then all of a sudden Jesus breaks bread, uh, just like he did on communion, and then, then like, oh, it was Jesus. But it's interesting, uh, then Jesus disappears, which probably didn't help their anxiety levels anyway. It's like, you know, anyway, and so the, the, the disciples, they're reflecting on their experience, and they realize there had been clues that they should have gotten that it was Jesus. Here was the clue that they got. Ready for this? They said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked to us? There's a way that God's voice affects your heart that nobody else's voice can do that. I call it the uh, Holy Spirit heartburn. <laughs> There's just some way, it, it, it makes you, it appeals to those best parts of you. It's like, I want this is the person that I want to be. It's, it's, it's the, all, all your best longings. Uh, when Jesus speaks, you see sin for the folly that it truly is. When Jesus speaks, you're reminded that servanthood really is the path to greatness. And nobody else's words affected these disciples quite the same way. And they said, you know what, we should have known it was him. Look at the way it affected our hearts. 2,000 years later, we are still able to, uh, to know whether or not it's God's voice by the way it affects our hearts. We can recognize his voice because it's always consistent with his character. He's never going to be worried, so you don't have to, you know, his voice will never be worried. Always be good. Colossians 3.15, let the peace of Christ rule your hearts. Now, my pastor is awesome, and when I call him for um, advice, I almost always know what he's going to say. <clears throat> so he's not one of those guys that's going to just tell you the answer, Right? And so here's his answer. Jimmy, follow the path that leads to peace. That probably sounds nothing like him. I don't know where that voice came. I don't have like a lot of like range in my voices. And so unfortunately, when I imitate my, my mother-in-law and I imitate Hitler, it sounds the same. It's terrible. Like I don't, I don't have a lot, of, a lot of inflection there. So, But his advice is always the same. Follow the path that leads to peace. That's actually really good advice. That is not to be confused with, I'm feeling uncomfortable. This can't be God. A lot of people in the name of discernment, they don't step into any kind of life of faith because they're not comfortable. So this, you know, I, I don't know. I just don't feel good about this. Yeah, it's because 
you're not having any faith. You're, you're just doing this in your own strength. So I want, guys, I want you to get this. I've been in so many situations where people didn't feel comfortable, but it was God. You know why? Because uh, the Holy Spirit is your comforter, not that situation. If you follow Jesus, he's going to put you in a whole bunch of uncomfortable situations. That's why he sent the comforter. So if you're going to discern whether or not it's God based on your comfort level, you're going to miss him a whole bunch, like often. Like when God's calling you to do things, it's never like, I can do this in my strength. Thank you. It's always like, oh, I'm going to need you for this one. So a second distinguishing character. So the first one is his voice is going to sound like him. It's consistent with his character. The second one is going to be consistent with Scripture. When people feel led to violate Scripture, it's not God. The voice of God will never violate the Word of God. The voice of God may violate your interpretation of the Word of God that's wrong. Remember, uh, God's voice comes to Peter, and he's like, rise, kill, and eat. He had this vision of these unclean animals. He's like, I'm a good Jewish boy. I ain't doing that. And uh, it was actually God's voice. He had a wrong interpretation. God's like, hey, what I made clean. It's like, it was a new covenant. He was, he was bringing him into a new thing. I remember I had this relative who was uh, cheating on his wife. And uh, he said it was okay for him to cheat on his wife and leave his wife because God wanted him happy. Um, uh, that ain't God. In case you didn't get this one, God's not um, as concerned about your happiness as he is your holiness. He's actually trying to make you more like Jesus, and that's when you'll have the most joyful life. But uh, he's not so as concerned about your comfort and happiness as we probably are. All right. That was just a free one. You guys okay? Final distinguishing characteristic of God's voice and his leading is consistent with love. So if somebody feels led to pass along some gossip to you, it's not God. No matter how concerned and they disguise it as a prayer request, it is. Boy, it's getting quiet in here. <laughs> As a general rule, um, God's voice isn't going to lead us to do things that are self-serving, um, that are going to be at the expense of others. Okay, it's, uh, God will lead us in the direction of living the kind of servant-oriented life that Jesus modeled. So a simple question to ask is this. Is this action selfish or loving? That right there will probably give you an indicator whether or not it's from the Lord. Boy, it got really quiet in here. man. So I remember uh, just kind of a fun one, then I'm gonna, uh, we're going to um, do an activation, and then we're going to get out of here. So I thought we were going to get out of here. Okay. So I remember, so, you know, Mary and I are really pressing in to learn how to hear God's voice. You, know, you just want to do it right. And some, some of you just need to relax on the whole thing. Like some people, they're just so, just, yeah, I don't want to miss anything. I don't want to miss anything. And it's like, just chill out. It's going to be okay. Uh, it's like learning how to walk. You're going to, it's, you know, you'll get there. And so uh, I remember, so, do you remember uh, Pampered Chef? Do you remember this thing? So, like, we still have some of that stuff. Like, it's lasted longer than anything else we've ever owned, I think. And so, uh, so we were, uh, we were um, just starting off, and uh, we are on this church, and we were getting paid right about the poverty level, maybe a little below that. So we didn't have a lot of money, and this Pampered Chef was pretty expensive. And so Mary's dream was to buy a set of these Pampered Chef pots and pans or stoneware and all, all sorts of stuff. And so she was all excited, and we had actually somehow scrimped and saved together enough money uh, we deprived the children of some food. No, we didn't do that. And so we scraped together enough uh, money to get, uh, to get this set of pans. And I remember there was a lady in the church, their house burnt down. And uh, it was a friend of ours. 
And um, Mary's like, I think we're supposed to give this brand new set of pots and pans. We're giving up our Isaac. No, it wasn't quite like that. But it was like, I think we're supposed to give this to him. And we were actually like wrestling with whether or not it was God. And all of a sudden, I remember we had the revelation like, well, it isn't the devil. Like, 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 you know, be generous and serve these people. I rebuke you. You know, they're like, you know, and we're like, like it probably wasn't the flesh. The flesh should have been like, hey, we're like, we need these pots and pans. We're tired of burning everything on this cheap thing. And so, um, and so I don't, it was just kind of a funny way, but it was like kind of this aha moment. You know what? This is not something that we would probably do on our own. And uh, this looks like something that Jesus would do. And so you know what? We gave away the pots and the pans. Thank you, Jesus, right? So guys, sometimes it just isn't that hard. And if you miss it on the side of serving and generosity, he'll get your back. When you get to heaven, he's not going to be like, it's just way too loving. You're serving people way too much. What are you doing? Giving me a bad name. So here's what I want to do. I need, a, uh, I need a brave volunteer to come up here. Brave volunteer with a high threshold for pain. Okay, here we go. Joel, thank you. Okay, I need, uh, we're going to break the audience into four different groups. And so you're going to uh, attempt to hear my voice in this illustration, okay? So when I count to three, I'm going to give you guys a signal, and you are to repeat over and over as loud as you want, I'm so worried, I'm so worried. This group over here, you're going to uh, just repeat over and over, no, no, no. This group over here, you're going to uh, say, money, money, money. And this group over here, you're going to say, you're going to fail at this. These are competing voices that go inside people's heads. Listen, you're not declaring things in the spirit. This is just an illustration. So I'm like, I'm not saying that. I'm not speaking out negativity. It's for an illustration. Okay, this is not your identity. I'm so worried, I'm so worried. No, 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 no. Money, 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 money. You're going to fail at this, okay? And so then when I hold my hand up again, you will instantly stop, and I will feel that I have all the power. No, that's not what this is about. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to count through, you're going to do it, and as you're doing that, I'm going to stand behind him, and I'm going to attempt to tell him something, okay? And so we're going to see how this goes. It's actually hard to hear when there's all those other voices going on, okay? Let's try it one more time without you guys speaking. You ready for this? I will be with you. Let's give him a hand. (laughs) If we want to hear God speak, sometimes we need to get still. We need to get quiet. We live in a noisy world. With, I mean, some people are so addicted to their phones, it's unbelievable. It's like, it's, it's like an appendage. It's like it's, like it's attached to them. It's just like, like breathing, checking, scrolling. It's, it's insane. That's not one of the fruit of the Spirit, being addicted to your phone. Psalm 46.10, Be still and know that I am God. People who are really interested in hearing from God must pay a price. You must discipline yourself to be still before God. You hear what I said there? It's an interesting verse. Uh, the, uh, be still and know that I'm God. Notice the writer doesn't say, talk a lot and know that I'm God. Keep the television on and know that I'm God. Overstimulate all your senses with noise and know that I'm God. 
It says, be still. First Kings 19, then God said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, this is um, God speaking to, I forget, Elijah. Uh, and behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. Verse 13, so it was when Elijah heard it, then he wrapped his face in his mantle and he went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Then he gave him this instruction. I want you guys to see this. There was all this supernatural activity going on. I mean, just like, like awesome things. God wasn't in the wow factor. He was in the still, small voice. I think it's instructive for, instructive for us, just the way that he phrased it. Still, we're going to have to be still. Small, it's easy to miss. But it's also easy to hear if you're still. What happens when you're still is, um, again, everyone who wants to hear God's voice is going to have to learn how to do this. Um, some you'll just need to rest in his presence. You're just going to feel like you're doing nothing. Hold on. This doesn't feel very productive. It's not about you and your to-do list at that point. It's about just, just take a few minutes. You, know, you don't have to be a hero. I'm going to spend hours. And then just, it's, it's like the... <laughs> I had this roommate. <laughs> and so he was athletic in high school, but now he's a, I think he was like a junior in college. I was, uh, I was, in, I was older. And so um, he hadn't worked out in a really long time. And he decided to go work out with his old roommate. And they went and they did these things called calf exhaustion workouts. And so calf exhaustion workouts, so let's say you got weight in the bar, you know, you're, you're doing the calf raises. And you, you keep doing it until, you know, you keep doing as many as you can, and you keep stripping the weights off till then you just got the bar. Then you've got nothing, and you do as many as you can till you literally cannot raise your heels one more time, okay? So he went from doing nothing to an exhaustion workout. And so his roommate, uh, his, oh, his old roommate, the paramedics had to come and uh, carry him out of the gym, and uh, my roommate, John, he, uh, they, uh, he, you know, they had to help him walk out. The next morning, John wakes up. How many of you guys know? Like, the workout's tough. The day after is a bear. It is bad. He had physical bruises on the outside of his legs from working out. Like, he so overstrained him and so damaged him. And I'll never forget, there was uh, seven of us living in a house at the same time, all Christians, all radical Christians. But... Um, not necessarily acting like Jesus all the time. Let's just put it that way. As if you ever live in a house full of guys, you'll just know, no matter how much they love Jesus, there's shenanigans that go on. Okay? And so poor John, I, I, I don't know how else to describe it, but he, it looked like he was walking in place. Like literally, he wasn't going anywhere. He just, he just kept like going up. And, um, and so, of course, we come up and, you know, ah, you know. Like, listen, when it comes to hearing God's voice, you don't need to be a hero. Okay, it's not like you're going to, you know, like, I'm going to do this exhaustion work. I'm, I'm staying here until I, I just, just set aside some time. He wants to speak. Okay, just set aside some time. Just maybe just in your devotions, you're reading, you're praying, you just take time to sit and just say, Father, I love you so much. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. All right, so here's how I want to close this thing. <clears throat> I'm going to, uh, I want us to just take 30 seconds and we're going to slow down. Then I'm going to have you ask the Holy Spirit a question or two. And he may guide your thoughts with your, inter with your cooperation. He may give you a picture. He may give you a knowing. Or you know what happens a lot to me is um, I'll get it later. 
Like I'm driving down the road. I don't know about you, but for some reason, when my hands are engaged in mindless activities, God seems to speak. It's like I'm washing the dishes. I don't know what it is. For some reason, it's like doesn't require like a lot of you know technical skill. I'm washing the dishes and mowing the grass, which I, I try to get out of this stuff as much. That's the whole reason we had kids. And so, um, <laughs> you know, I used to I used to be in the Pinewood Derby racing, polishing axles to a submicron level. And I, anyway, that's all geeky thing. Anyway, just like doing those kind of things. I don't know what it is. Uh, maybe you guys have your own thing. What it is? Gardening for some people, and which is outside. Ugh. And so. Um, the, uh, whatever that is, but there's something about engaging your hands in a way that doesn't require a lot of your mind. I don't know. It just seems like God, does anyone have that? It seems like God just seems to speak when you do that. But maybe cooking, kneading the dough, just different things for different people. So that may help you. But let's just take 30 seconds here. I'm going to time it. And let's just, man, you can, you can breathe deeply, but not loudly. Okay. I remember we had this one person used to go here and they would, they, when they would, they would breathe in deeply, they would let out a long sigh right in the middle of my message. <sighs> like, really? I have feelings. So, you know what? Let's just go ahead and get it out. Everyone, take a deep breath if you want to let out a sigh. <sighs> That's actually not bad. I can see why they did that now. I feel bad for judging them. Here's what we're going to do we're going to take 30 seconds, and I'm going to have you. Uh, and I'm going to have you speak a phrase, and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit a question. All right, so 30 seconds. Here we go. We're slowing down. All right, just speak this phrase of the Lord. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Just get in that posture of receiving. All right, here's the question asked the Holy Spirit. Don't ask it out loud. Just ask it in your, in your mind. Uh, Holy Spirit, is there anything you want me to know? Just see if he gives you anything. Next question, final question. Holy Spirit, is there anything you want me to do? All right, take the next 30 seconds, and if you got something, I want you to either write it down, get out your phone, email it to yourself, put it in your notes. Holy Spirit, what did he want you to know? Is there anything he wanted you to do? If not, just continue to enjoy his presence. Doesn't mean you missed out on anything. Just tune in and learn in. All right, let's stand for closing prayer. I encourage you guys this week, boy, just take a few moments, take a few minutes, um, 
each day to just unplug, center yourself, see what he wants to say. See, when you're able to hear him in the stillness, it trains you to be able to hear him in the busyness. Because if the only time you can hear God is when you're still, boy, it's going to be real limited because life gets busy. What happens is, but you're learning in the stillness so that you can recognize the whisper and the busyness. All right. Am I supposed to do anything else? Is that it? All right. Lord, we love you. You're awesome. And we thank you that you're always speaking. And Lord, I pray you would help us to recognize those moments when you are and not brush them off as just me. Lord, I thank you that you're giving everybody here a keen discernment on when it's you and when it's not you. And Lord, I pray for those who need a word from the Lord, that you will confirm it, that they will follow that path that leads to peace. In the name of Jesus, amen. Bless you guys. Our audience.